They're called the Fulani tribe. I, I look exactly like them. Okay. <laughs> it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. I even look more like them than actual people in Sahara. So I was like, how in the world? Are we, are yeah. You are you like? How, do you know? Do you know this one guy? Like, <laughs> Can I just come home? What's yeah. Africa. 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 Hey, yo, hey, yo. Hello, everyone. Marhaba and welcome or welcome back to the Gone to Africa podcast. I'm your host, Julie O. And Happy New Year. If you, you know, observe this Georgian calendar, is it, jo is it Georgian or Gregorian? Anyway, yeah. Happy January. Happy new month. Happy new moon on the day that this episode goes up. Today, we're starting off strong. Another double whammy, another double episode. Uh, I would love to introduce you to my friend, Zach, who is a Moroccan artist, musician, traveler, kemetic yoga teacher, and so much more. Um, we had a fire chat that went on for much longer than we expected. The stories were too good. The side stories, the side quests were too good. Um, and like I say, he's just a really multifaceted, very fascinating guy. So in this part one episode, we're going to go over his Moroccan and Native American bringing, upbringing and heritage. And we'll go into his experiences kind of, you know, living as an artist and a musician through the souks of Marrakesh, um, working as a tourist guide and uh, a travel, you know, a traveler within Morocco, and his decision to go on an epic adventure all through uh, Western Africa over several months, which had many ups and downs, many instances of trusting strangers and trusting himself and very cool experiences and a lot of uh, his Pan-African awakening, really. So, without further ado, I would love for you to hear this from Zach himself. So, please enjoy episode one of 2024 and part one of my chat with Zach. Today, I'm here with Zakaria Haki. Hi, Zach. <laughs> Welcome. Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for coming to my to my little. Um, I don't I haven't decided what to call this yet. My Studio? little nest. <laughs> My little studio nest, yes. <laughs> so we're going to chat today about being an African, being in and around Africa, and mm -hmm. various experiences and lessons and observations. I'm ready. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, just to sort of tell me a bit about your background and where okay. you were born and grew, grew up and how you grew up. Sure, yeah. Um, I'm from Morocco. Mm -hmm. uh, my father's from Morocco. I was actually born in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm also half native indigenous. Mm -hmm. So growing up in the Native American land, I was able to experience like a very pure culture because mm -hmm. a lot of people growing up in America don't have any culture at all. Yeah. So I was very lucky to <clears throat> experience this pure indigenous culture with that the people still do practice nowadays with uh, rituals, ceremonies, um, dances, and powwows, and stuff. powwows, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but I moved back to Morocco uh, maybe ten years ago. Mm -hmm. To I was really done with America and mm -hmm. their crap. 
Yes. So I moved back to Morocco ten years ago, and I've just been embracing my Amazigh culture because, uh, as a Moroccan, they we also have our indigenous culture. So that's the only one I know. Please, yeah. please tell us some more. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Morocco has their own indigenous group of people called the Amazigh, or also known as Berber. So there's actually around 10 to 12, I think 12 different tribes of, of Berber tribes in Morocco. Okay, so Amazigh is a greater group. Yes. So, I mean, you have like, you have Tarifit, Tarifit, Zayan, Amazigh, Tashlihit, uh, Tuareg, Harawi. Mm -hmm. So, like, those are all different tribes in Morocco. Okay. That are actually n not Arab at all. Mm -hmm. it's so, literally indigenous. Yeah. yeah, it's indigenous Moroccan and Sahara, Sahara, Sahara people. So, Arabs came in later on yeah. in the lifetime of people in Morocco. So, I'm actually an Amazigh from the desert. Mm -hmm. So, we are nomads by, uh, I guess, just by genetics. Yeah. <laughs> We've always like been... Origin or... Yeah. An origin, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yes. So we've kind of just adapted to this Arab kind of lifestyle in Morocco. And I mean, everybody speaks Arabic now. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have our own language, but now the cities uh, mm. and schools and... Business and all business yeah. everything is arabic now so yeah. even the king is arabic he's not even an amazir okay. um not gonna say too much about him but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's um it doesn't make sense to me how uh, i think 60 to 70 percent of the people in morocco are amazir origin and then we have a king who's arab mm -hmm. and enforcing a lot of arab rules and laws okay. even islam was mm. not part of Moroccan culture yeah. back then Later, yeah. until it came in by the Arabs and then yeah so I guess going back to myself mm -hmm. uh, after I left the States I, I never went to university mm -hmm. I moved to Morocco and I became an artist in the souks have you heard of the souk mm -hmm. or the bazaars yeah so I was a musician in the beginning I was playing Gnawa, Gnawa music, which mm -hmm. is uh, traditional Moroccan Sahara music. It's a trans music. Okay. And um, basically it's for invoking spirits and um, I guess cleansing also the environment. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a cleansing, okay. cleansing music and invoking positive spirits, which can... Because people do get possessed in a way. Mm -hmm. uh, back then in Morocco, people were getting possessed in a negative way. And then they would call this Gnawa group to play uh, their traditional music oh, around them. That's and then, yeah, the person would go into a trance. And then actually they would be like in between mm. themselves. Yeah. And then the other spirit and then another spirit. So like, yes. It kind of just continued. I mean, obviously, I, when I grew up with that in New Mexico, and because uh, I'm, I'm just very grateful to have both of my parents as indigenous people, mm -hmm. and 
and I've, I'm not, I know who, what they are, even though my parents aren't so much into their traditional spirituality, mm-hmm. yeah. but I am. So as a Native American, I was also accessing and experiencing uh, spiritual I don't know, sensations and experiences with their type of spirituality. And then when I moved to Morocco, it's another type, but it's still on kind of the similar yeah. wavelength of uh, yeah, spirits and... Music, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting that mm-hmm. it was used in that way. Yeah. Because I feel like the, I, I suppose so many cultures have their version of like cleansing and stuff. Yes, yes. But I don't think I often hear about music being the center of it. Like mm. either it's like herbal or it's. Oh, um, no, chanting like energy and music. work. Yeah. And like energy centers and stuff. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, like a, or like a more. Um, Moving. Or yeah, yeah. Or oh. something like consumed or put in or around okay. the body so that okay. it's like a sort of substance uh-huh. by that i don't mean like anything bad but like yeah. literally herbs or whatever sure or sure water or yeah um uh, or some kind of beverage or food or mm, yeah okay cool. yeah well i think that that goes along with the whole ceremony and yeah stuff. yeah but the base actually is chanting and music mm. yeah so chanting and music is a very uh, kind of like the stimulation of yeah, the whole yeah, like thing the and bringing people together and and yeah. Let me ask you this: Your decision mm-hmm. to move back to Morocco mm-hmm. um, is that something you did on your own? Yes. Okay. Yeah, my my entire family was still living in the states when okay. I left. Um, I was very done with the states. Uh, their mentality, the way of life it's it's completely false reality. Do you feel uh, like you had a moment of just like being done when something yes. happened, or you got to a stage? Um, like psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I was I was really able to break my the the, the, the typical neuron pathways of like because like you know you're programmed because yeah. in the in the states you're actually grown up as through like this program from school very from very young so yeah. like my my brain was obviously working in one specific way but then after getting introduced to psychedelics I uh, was able to break that uh, I don't know just uh, the called neurogenesis actually Mm -hmm. so like basically you're just creating new pathways for neurons to travel through and basically that's new thoughts new ideas new mindsets changing your entire life yeah 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 yeah. so like uh epiphany is that a word yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) like wow what am i doing here Uh, there's like an entire world that i Mm -hmm. i'm from and i'm not actually visiting or embracing it so before that, younger than that, you weren't necessarily, you weren't like visiting Morocco. Of course I was, yeah. Okay, so you I would was. visit with your family. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I I even lived there um, before, like so. It's like been back and forth I between see, okay. Morocco and the yeah. states. Um, I have a deep connection with my, all my family in the in Morocco, so it's not like I don't know anyone. I speak the language fluently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was um. In the states for mostly schooling, mm. and then moving to Morocco, I started uh, art and working, mm. traveling. Uh, was that the plan, or were you just like, I just need to get out of here, and then we'll see? So, because I had lots of contacts already before leaving the states, I I talked to them and I said, Yeah, I'm coming through. Uh, my initial my initial plan was to uh, become a tour guide. And I became a tour guide for quite some time. Yeah. 
Um, and this is what part of the country that you in Morocco? Land in. Mm-hmm. Marrakesh. Okay. I'm from Marrakesh. Okay. My father is, is from Marrakesh. So I'm in Marrakesh. It's it's probably like one of the major art capitals mm, uh, of the world, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I've never experienced. I mean, I've traveled to other places, many many other places, but then this place, Marrakesh, has like literally an entire city of just art, mm. like the souk. It's just art. Yeah. Every you're walking down these roads. Have you been to Lamu? Yeah. It's basically like you know how that little old town of Lamu or old Mombasa, old mm-hmm. town. It's like yeah. that, but an entire city. Mm. Of just these little alleys and little plazas, markets, and and it's just all all artisanal, all artisanal, handmade things. Um, And every artist, like so, like I spent a lot of time in the souks Mm -hmm. uh, growing up, uh, hanging out just with artists, Mm. having chills, just chilling with them. Yeah, Um, we have a we have all an original. Cannabis <laughs> mm. from Morocco. It's called Kif, okay. and everyone smokes Kif in Morocco. Mm. Well, not everyone, but like the old, the elders and the artists smoke a lot of Kif. Okay. Uh, it's an it's just a tobacco, uh, black tobacco that's grown with the cannabis, and they mix oh, it together okay. and smoke it. So like a lot of artists indulge in that. Uh, one for the creativity and also for the the time you're sitting. You know, you need to kind of sit. You can't really be too. Uh, to work on art, you really okay, need to, you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, uh, I think that's... It's just to like, is it almost like a grounding? Yeah, type of kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah. Keith and T. And so you, so you come back to Morocco now as, yeah. I guess, as an adult, <clears throat> or at least older than <clears throat> your previous yes. experience there. Yes, yes. And uh, what are the vibes? Is there, like, any, like, expectations on reality? Like, uh, yeah, there was expectations. I guess I, 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 I eventually I left the tourist uh, business because mm-hmm. of... I didn't enjoy getting ripped off mm. and ripping people off. As in, like, in Morocco, if you're not, like, doing this hustle bustle with the tourists, then you're not really, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So the approach needs to be aggressive. Type of bit, not, aggre- not, like, aggressive towards them, mm-hmm. but, like, you need to be making as much money as you can before they leave. And okay, I'm, like, right, not on yeah. that. I'm really not on that vibe. And I'm, I'm kind of just, like, I really want to travel and yeah. tour and... I would like you to pay me for it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like them; they're like, "Oh yeah, buy this," and they tell them this crazy price, and that's yeah. not even the price. And then, like, they'll take them to one shop and the next shop, and then after that, he'll go around and collect all of the extra money mm. that was made. And it's just like and all commission. about, yeah, it's all about ripping them off and yeah. lying to their faces. Mm. Like, oh yeah, this is this is for fifteen k, you know? And yeah. Like, yeah, this is a good price. And they're looking at, like, yeah, it's a good price. It's only five k. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, I, I couldn't do that. Like, I'm not I'm not a liar. And um, I had difficulty uh, doing that weird, like, I prefer just to tell the guy, like, oh, I'm going to be taking you around and stuff, can you just pay me? Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> I guess for the other Moroccans, it wasn't like that. Like, even just rental cars, mm-hmm. uh, Riyadhs, which are like the hotels, um, any festivals or anything that I was involved in, like, it just wasn't right for me to mm-hmm. do that type of dealing with them. So I... And then I was even getting ripped off by Moroccans. Mm. Um, I have no idea. I don't know why they thought like, yeah, I can just start ripping off other other, other Moroccans. Like, yeah. It, like the tourist game, it's just such a greedy thing now. Yeah. It's not even like for the tourists. It was just about, yeah, you come, give us your money, get out. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I'm just not on that vibe anymore. Yeah. So 
after that I, I left I stopped doing tourism I was still in still doing music Ganawa music at mm -hmm. the time um, but after that I, I met an interesting guy um, a nutritionist so we started doing nutrition nutritional consultancy from his Riyadh Okay. And then that's a whole other story. I don't know if you want to Is this how and when you met Iman? Yes. Shout out our homegirl exactly. Iman. We love yes. you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Iman Khan. Yeah. So we linked up. But this, I, I met Iman. Because like, I remember she, like, she talks about Morocco and like the juicing guy. Exactly. Exactly. Is the it's the same guy. Okay, yeah. So that's where we linked up. I mean, this was a couple of years mm. after I had already been with the guy doing juices. Okay. Very intelligent man. Mm. Um, nutritionist and yeah. who's also Moroccan? Or what, what no, he's actually Moroccan? originally from Guyana, Guyana, okay, Guyana, Guyana in South America. Uh, he's born in England and lives in Morocco now. In so we were doing nutritional consultancy there. Um, quite nice, actually. Mm -hmm. People would come to the Riyadh. Mm -hmm. We would give them. We would make them recipes, juices. So basically, we, we focus mainly on raw food nutrition. So we're kind of raw foodies, I guess you could say. Um, I think about 90% of the food I eat is raw. Mm -hmm. I, do, I do consume other foods. It's more for a social thing, actually, okay. like cooked food and stuff. And it's also for just experiencing mm -hmm. other people's cultures. And yeah. I have no, I can eat anything, really. But like, I always revert back to That's my, me all day. Like, yeah. I don't eat meat, but if yes. I'm somewhere new, I'm eating everything. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. Week or month, yeah, it's an experience. Yeah. It's not like I'm gonna die. Um, I, I mean, there is some things I won't indulge in, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do consume a majority of uh, things, especially when I'm traveling. I think it's important yeah. to. So yeah, like after moving to Morocco, I, I basically I traveled the entire Morocco with because mm -hmm. I was a tour guide. I was able to travel the entire Morocco from okay. north to south to the yeah. Tangier, mm -hmm. which is the most north city of Morocco. You can see Spain by mm -hmm. nighttime, yeah. and then Dakhla. Dakhla is the last city you reach before what getting to Mauritania. Oh, Mauritania. Okay. Yeah. So like I've been, I drove the entire entirety of that multiple times. Mm -hmm. Inland, all the way to Merzouga, Erfoud, I don't know, maybe some yeah. people will know this. Uh, Merzouga, I've heard of. Yeah, oh, so yeah. that's like the da the sand dunes, Mohammed Ghazlan. This is just like endless dunes of yeah. sand until you reach Mali, uh, Libya, Algeria. All of that is Sahara, yeah. open land. So like I've, I've immersed myself into the, the Sahara culture. Traveling around in Morocco, I connected mostly with where I come from, my people come from, which is Sahara. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I Morocco. I travel a lot, even just in, in like introducing yourself to the other Amazigh culture, the other Berber cultures. Yeah, I don't like to say the word Berber because I was gonna ask because I had heard that's actually well, it's not a term that is like no, the we don't call ourselves came Berber. up with it, right? No, it's no. not Amazighin or yeah. Amazigh. Berber actually comes from the their. Um, colonizers coming and uh, calling them barbarians uh, yeah I, 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 rem I remember yeah. reading something like that yeah, yes so like, like that's that, yeah. where that word originates from so actually amongst ourselves we don't call it and this is word, like but... it's very interesting because mm -hmm. every now and then I'll hear something else like that and it's 
I think it's even more common than people realize mm-hmm. that people are the the common name for a group of people or even sometimes a thing that's part of their culture so maybe their language or place yeah. especially names of places okay. is not even really connected to the people themselves like that's not something they chose and it's not in their language like eskimo okay. eskimo is a, apparently wow. is a slur it's oh, like wow. not <laughs> i didn't know that it's like not what they call themselves and like please don't that's call like, us that in alaska like, is that uh, yeah uh, same thing with uh, Bushmen, or like, mm. which is San people in Southern Africa. Okay, the they're ca- called San people. That's the word in their in their San. languages. Yeah, yeah, like Khoisan. And, yeah, it's Khoisan and Namasan and like all of these other groups. Like, okay. Bushmen is not a thing, yo. Yeah, like, <laughs> I see what you mean. That's not even a real name for no, you know. And like I, a, I'm sure that yeah. it's like, and it's pretty derogatory. Is that like? Yeah, I guess. Like, so, yeah, like it's putting just, you it's down. So, kind of. I think it's just like an. It's like lazy. It's such a like lazy <laughs> simplification or whatever, you know. Yeah. You don't bother to like learn any word. But imagine now, like the rest, the whole world knows you as that. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not so nice. Yeah. So yeah, like educating a little bit while we're speaking, I guess, is hundred uh, percent good. So the Amazir people of Morocco, they're all very similar, but once you indulge yourself into their lifestyles, you actually see how different they are. Mm-hmm. And that, I think I believe that that's because of the different environments that they live in. Like, because you have the reef people who live in like northern Morocco, mm-hmm. which is like, you have the same climate basically as Europe because you're so close. Yeah. Then you, and then there's the Mediterranean vibe there. So like they've got their own Mediterranean vibe. Yeah. And you go inland a bit, there's the Jibli. The Jibli are like, from the mountain Jibel means mountain in Arabic so you have the Jiblis which are like you can just see the features change instantly yeah. even just from like one hour of traveling inland mm-hmm. you see the features change yeah. and I, I I really um I would say that that's all from environment so like obviously mm-hmm. the people living at the evolution. Mediterranean yeah mm-hmm. just simple evolution just yeah. over a short period of time really changes the people's uh lifestyles even uh, the way food everything so like seeing that and experiencing uh each each little tribe as you're going Mm -hmm. down into morocco i really enjoy the diversity that we have just in one country yeah through the different tribes although i mean if you were to go there you wouldn't really see like you wouldn't see them and say oh this is an african you know, but like they don't know any, they've never lived anywhere else ever. Yeah. Like their generations have been living there, but like mm-hmm. technically they don't look like an African does. If that but they makes do. Sense. Because there's no such, there's no one thing that is like what an African looks like. Like nowadays, no, there's not. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess you, I, I would call them African because mm-hmm. one, they live very similar to how people live in all the places of Africa have been. So yeah, traveling in Morocco is just a great experience of diversity. Yeah. Do you have like a, you said you connected a lot with like the um, Sahara mm-hmm. areas and people, mm-hmm. but um, is there any other region or like particular place or even experience yes. that stands out as like something really special I connect to with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I was traveling, so I'll get into this part of my story. I traveled, I left Morocco by bicycle. And I traveled south. And I, at the end of my trip, I was in Ghana. What? Yes. Shit, that's <laughs> really far. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, I, Where did you go through? I, okay, so I left. So <laughs> basically Morocco. 
I try I biked from Marrakesh all the way through the desert mm-hmm. into Dakhla. Dakhla is the last city I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. Then after Dakhla, you travel another 300 kilometers to get to the border of Mauritania mm-hmm. and Morocco. There's a place called Kandahar, mm-hmm. which is like a no man's land. Actually, it's about three kilometers. Mm-hmm. So the Moroccan border ends, and then there's three kilometers of nothing. Then you get to uh, the border of, of Mauritania. Okay. So like that was an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. There's actually people living there in that no mm-hmm. man's land, doing yeah. business between Morocco and Mauritania. I've seen a similar thing at the Kenya-Uganda border. <coughs> is it like that? Border at Busia, yeah. Busia, it's really? more, yeah, I haven't, I have been to the Malaba border, but like, I'll just leave. But, um, mm. Yeah, it's much more like a commerce type of place. It's mm-hmm. just like a lot of stores, mm. um, and then there's like I don't know if they're still there, but for ages it was like the legendary pink shirt men because there's like all of these guys in. So you know the original border borders are bicycles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Um, yeah, it all started like. I all saw in that, that in Kisumu. And, yeah, I was so like, still this guy's got original. this nice bike, and then this woman's like sitting on the bike, just like, hang, yeah. just balancing, just yeah. like sometimes side saddle. Side like, side girl, side how? Of <laughs> course, strength. I could never. Um, uh, and yeah. then the guy biking. Like, yeah, dude, in, in this heat and humidity, yeah. that is just mad sometimes. Um, um, but yeah, so the original Buddhas are bicycles. Okay. And so, yeah, for ages, I actually should, should check if they're still there nowadays. They're just like these, it's like a Buddha stage of these guys in pink shirts. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, it's like one of the iconic things about like Busia border between okay. Uganda and Kenya. And then there's the no man's land where it's like. Between both stores. borders, there's nothing going on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just like a row of stalls. It's, it is more like a road. I didn't explore away from there, mm. like, how, what the vibes are. Okay. But, um, like, like, there's no, um, no law enforcement there. I suppose not, no. Okay. Like, it just seems... Because this place, where I'm saying, like, mm. cops, or uh, military and stuff, they don't go beyond their border. So, okay. like, that entire... They're like, ah, not my business. Yeah, exactly. So, that entire section of... There's, like, broken down cars, <laughs> like, stuff broken stripped you know like broken out into the street and wow. stuff and it's just this road is horrific like there's it's just mm. it's sand everywhere yeah. bumpy nobody's fixing it because they're like that's not my property like mm. it's bullshit but there's people who build these little shacks there yeah. and they run things back and forth yeah. <laughs> between the borders so nice. something's Maybe. going on there <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Anyways, so you, so you cycle through no I man's land. Cycle through no man's land. Yeah. Went to got into Mauritania, arrived to now Dibu. Now mm. Dibu is like the first little town in Mauritania. Mm. Stayed there for a little bit. Nothing really going on in Mauritania at mm. all. <laughs> Went to Nouakchott. Okay. Uh, so I got like halfway to Nouakchott, which is the capital city, and I ran out of food, water, and. Oh, so you were just carrying your supplies. I have, so you, had, yeah. you were through, going through the desert for a bit. So yeah, I guess you yeah. had to. So in Morocco, yeah. I was, I was, uh, every, I think every like thirty to fifty kilometers, I would encounter villages okay. and things where I could refill. Mm-hmm. But um, once I got into Mauritania, it was really scarce. Mm. There was only like goats mm. everywhere, and vi- like very small villages far out. And in Mauritania, they're not so. As welcoming in mm. as uh, as Morocco or Senegal, where I was after, mm-hmm. uh, they're very kind of like um, section. They like to like section themselves, okay. like especially for strangers, mm. you know, traveling and yeah. they're like, who's this guy? And like, uh, but in other places like Morocco and Senegal, 
they're very open and yeah. they're like, yeah, come. So anyways, I'll continue my story. I, I kind of, once I ran out of food and stuff halfway to Nuakshot, I just um, flagged down this like big semi-truck and mm-hmm. I was like, can you just take me to the, to the nearest town? And he's like, yeah, sure. So I threw my bike and everything on there mm-hmm. and then he took me to the nearest town. Okay. And then I continued again from Nuakshot going to Senegal. Mm-hmm. Then I, I got to Senegal, I crossed over and I went to this place called San Luis, San Luis. I'm dying to go to San Luis. <laughs> Tell me everything. Oh, <laughs> man, it's beautiful. Like, they got this really old, like, jazz culture thing mm. going on. Um, um, it's a little, little metropolis. Cause yeah. It's, it's, like, it's quite um, uh, popular for tourists, actually. I don't yeah. know why, but uh, it's, it's nice. They have a very long history in San Luis. I think it's music. It has to do with music. Okay. I was only there for like three, four nights. Uh, just stop off, you know, because mm-hmm. biking is not so easy. Yeah. I only, I would only, I was only traveling seventy to eighty kilometers a day by bicycle. Okay. So, like, for me to get to to Senegal by bike, it took me around like three weeks, four weeks mm-hmm. from Morocco. Yeah. And then Senegal, they have this thing back onto the hospitality part. Uh, they have this thing called teranga, mm-hmm. which means like hospitality. Yeah. So. They've really done well in like kind of making that part of the brand. Yeah, have you cool. heard of that teranga? Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's like, and that's very good because yeah. like, that's 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 like, um, how do you say something that makes them strong? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. is that like yeah. they they like saying that and like yeah. saying yeah, come and like, like come unique, welcome, like, like a point like, of pride. And, yeah, 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 exactly. It's like caribou, you know. It's it's just teranga. We are hospitality. We have yeah. hospitality, so come. Do you um, found that to be true, or is it yes, hundred percent? No, no, it's true. Okay. It's very true uh, in in Senegal. Um, I, I mean, so there's other tribe that we were talking about just before that like you asked me. I was connected with. Uh, is that, it's they're called the Fulani tribe. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Yeah, also known as the Pol Pol, but the, the actual name is them is Fulani Pol Fula. So I was very connected with them. One because obviously I'm. I, I have very similar features to them, mm-hmm. uh, even skin tone, mm-hmm. feature-wise. I, I look exactly like them. Okay. <laughs> it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I even look more like them than actual people in Sahara. So I was like, how in the world? Are we, are yeah. You like, <laughs> are you like, do you know, do you know this one guy? Like, <laughs> Can I just come home? What's yeah. Like? So that was amazing experience there. And I really enjoyed uh, interacting with them. and. Um, just being around them, mm-hmm. um, very nice, very very good people, yeah. full of people. They're known as like uh, businessmen, mm-hmm. uh, business people who like yeah. travel and. Build and where where were your business. encounters with Fulani people mostly? Fulani people are all over uh, yeah. Senegal, Situation. but the majority of them are from Casamas, mm-hmm. which is south. Senegal. Mm-hmm. So Senegal has Gambia within it. In between, yeah. yeah. So like I had to cross through the Gambia to get to the bottom part. I mean, I could have gone around, but I'm very glad I didn't. Mm-hmm. Gambia is like completely different to Senegal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've also realized like traveling through these Francophobe, like these French speaking countries. French it's another world, isn't oh it? Than, like, my it's, it's another so planet. Different. Everything, like politics, education, everything, cultures, people's like, minds, the yeah. things they say, yeah. it's so different. Yeah. So, like, being able to experience both, I was like, this is the, actually, Gambia was my first Anglophobe country that I visited 
in Africa. Okay. Great. Yeah, because Morocco speaks French, Mauritania is yeah. French, not really even, but like then Senegal is also French. Yeah. Then I got to Gambia and then I crossed the border and these little children are like, hello. And I'm like, hi. I'm like, you know, I'm used to like, bonjour, ça va bien. And the children are like, hello, how are you? Good morning. I was like, I just crossed the border right now. What's going on? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm looking at the border. Right? Yeah, seriously. I'm just like cross, and these children are running up to me. Yeah, on my yeah. bike, because I was on my bicycle. So. Yeah. Anyway, so. Um, and then what about uh, um, landscape wise and stuff like that mm -hmm. between Senegal and Zambia? Were you seeing differences really? Or was well, no, the, the landscape vibe? is the same. Yeah. It's completely the same. Uh, they eat the same foods, they grow the same things. Mandinka, there's, that's also another big tribe there in Gambia and Senegal. Um, yeah, there's Wolof, Mandinka, um, another one. Wow, there's so many tribes. Yeah. Fulani, of course. Um, but yeah, anyways, I I was very happy to enter into Gambia because the, the mentality of people in Gambia, and I think it has to do with, obviously, Britain and French. Yeah. So, like, one, the French, I heard, were very harsh and, like, very arrogant in the way they colonized. Mm. I mean, obviously, British were very harsh also, and yeah. there's not really a difference, but, like, um, the French people a very rude thing rude way about them okay. really in even in Morocco the French people that not everyone of mm -hmm. course but like French are kind of rude and arrogant and mm -hmm. stuff so I think uh, that also rubs off on the African you think that like causes a certain effect or you mean like the, the same behavior rubs off on people exactly I think the a similar behavior rubs okay. off on people and then also the effect uh, like the way that they were dealing with the people at the time. In terms of like legally and like policing. Yes, and yes policing. So like I think the French were more brutal, okay. like with uh, the way they were kind of uh, in control of people. And mm -hmm. stuff. That's what I heard. And then like when I get to Gambia, people are like very, very calm, very happy, very open-minded. And I, yeah, yeah, I also... Uh, attribute the open-mindedness to English specifically mm. because French is only spoken in France. Mm, yeah. Out of, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As so far like, as what would be like a, like a major. Um, it's information. Media center exactly. and everything like that. It's information. Whereas we speak English, so we're exposed to like 100%. American media, which is such a 100%. big chunk of the world, and exactly. then like UK media. Yeah. Yes, and then everybody else is kind of made to speak English, so like the it's just so like China, yeah, India, yeah. all the other places, Australia, all the other places that speak English, you now have access to that information. Yeah. Whereas if you're speaking only French, the That's only information point. that you can receive is from France mm. or another French-speaking African country. But like yeah. other than that, that's all you're getting. So like the open-mindedness of people was also. Very interesting. I was mm. I was surprised that I was able to get deep with people mm. because of the the vocabulary and the information that they had. So entering Gambia, I, I spent almost two months there. What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little detour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very big. I was like, wow, this place. I almost lived there. It almost yeah. like settled there and mm -hmm. stuff, but. When I was leaving Morocco, my destination was Ghana. Okay. So, like, I really had that in my mind. So after the stop-up for two months, I was like, okay, I'm continuing on my journey. So yeah. 
left Gambia, got into Casamas, which is the southern part of Senegal. And Casamas actually wants to separate from the northern part. Oh, what? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. they do. They, they want to have their own government in Casamas. Uh, it's a big thing between Casamas and rebels. They have these Casamas rebels there on the border and stuff between Gambia. Is that where Sin Salum is? Let me see if I find it. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember that. It's like some, I don't know if it's like a little resort town type of thing. Or... Oh, okay. There is a place called Ziegenshore. It's like a, it's a river delta, a saloon delta. Okay. Well, like the most popular town in Kazamas is called Ziegenshore. Yeah. Um, it's a region in Senegal located north of the, no, it's north of Gambia and okay. south of the Petit Court. Okay. Okay. Not exactly. So that's <laughs> Sorry, go on. Yeah. That's fine. And then uh, after, Sen- I, after I left Senegal, uh, I went into Guinea-Conakry. Mm. And that's, actually, that's the homeland of the Fulani people. Mm-hmm. There's a place called Futa Jalon, yeah. which is like a very high altitude place in Guinea-Conakry where mm-hmm. they do lots of farming and it's, it's extremely cold. I was not expecting it. To be oh, okay. It was freezing, actually. Mm-hmm. And then I'm on my bike, so I'm like, I'm actually like, tenting everywhere every night i'm mm-hmm. either in a tent or yeah. in a local person's home so basically like well th- throughout my entire trip i was um staying with people locals in farms and villages mm-hmm. or in my tent just off the road somewhere in the bush okay so i never really encountered any harmful or any negative like thieves or any yeah. negative weird stuff never the entire six months no. and so how like, are you how are you making these connections like you would pull up to a town and so like, yeah so home? i had to learn how to do it yeah. uh you so like let's say like you're i'm biking all day i usually stop about one hour before sunset okay so i stop one hour before sunset anywhere i stop if there's a town there then i go to the town if there's nothing there i just go camping mm-hmm. so when there's a when there's a village um I go into the village, I find anyone who's in the village at the time, I ask them for the chief of the village. Okay. Every single village has a chief, no yeah. matter what. So they say, well, you want the chief? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want the chief. <laughs> so they take me directly to his house. And this was like, I probably did this 50 or more times. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Um, so like, take me to the chief's house. Okay, thank you. They take me to the chief's house. I tell I go to the chief, hello and everything. I mean my whatever language we can communicate in. Okay. I try my best. And I tell them, I show them my bicycle with all my bags and tent and stuff. And I'm like, I'm traveling, I just came from Morocco. Like, all the way from I'm like, yes, all the way from Morocco. Because mm-hmm. on western part of Africa knows where Morocco is. Yeah. Like here yeah. in Kenya nobody knows where Morocco is. Like yeah, I think it's like hard to pinpoint for most people. Sometimes yeah. I also have to check, like, is it this way or that way compared to like Algeria? Let's oh, say, yeah, it's know? on the coast. It's on the yeah. Atlantic yeah. coast. So basically, I just go to the chief. I explain him everything about me and my travels, and I ask him for a place to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them give me a place to sleep in the home. Some mm-hmm. of them give me a place to put my tent in their compound, okay. in their like just out inside. And then we just have uh, good vibes the whole yeah. time, all night. Like I know that, like in the villages, they still have those kind of older mentalities, which is good because, like, um, at the, at those times back in the day, like when you saw a traveler, you you wanted to engage with him because mm-hmm. either he's bringing in new information mm-hmm. of something you've never heard of or seen, of, either he has things 
something to trade. Yeah, it's it, it's all about communication because now we're just on the phone. We think like oh, we know yeah, what we, we need. Know to, it, yeah, yeah. whatever no, we need, we can get it. Yeah, on the phone or we were watching TV or whatever. But like back then, there was none of that. So like when you saw someone traveling or something, yeah, you want to engage them. So you offer them things. You mm. you bring them in, and you, it's very normal. So like I, that's the vibe that I was on while traveling. Yeah. I wasn't going to hotels unless I stopped in a city. Yeah. And, like cities are dangerous. Like yeah. cities are more dangerous than the wild bush. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So like, anyway, the more I, people, the more danger. People were the people were the main thing I was afraid of. Actually, on 100%. my entire trip, I agree. I was never afraid of. I've seen like big freaking black chimpanzees like yeah all over my tent in the tree, and I was like. Cool, but like a freaking human. No, <laughs> humans are sketch. <laughs> the scariest animal of all. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, so you're able to just kind of like hang yeah, with all that's the chiefs. type of that's the yeah. vibe of Africa, you know, and that's yeah. that's 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 what makes Africa Africa. I think is because of Teranga, of the hospitality yeah. we have. Like, yeah. I think that's the only reason why they were able to colonize us so much <laughs> yeah. because we look so nice. Yeah, the to them. principle of like welcoming a visitor yeah or at uh, least trying to figure out you know like what they need or what they're yes doing. it's even so if it's just like some simple curiosity, natural yeah. instinct i think for yeah, us to yeah. do is that just as a from human to human that yes. kind of thing yeah yes human connection interaction definitely so yeah. you end up in guinea oh yeah i'm in guinea conakry i'm around Super all close. these people these mm. fulani people i basically kind of fit in yeah. because wolof and mandinka are very dark skin i guess you could say so yeah yeah, definitely. I think they're actually Yoruba around. I don't know. I think Yoruba. Hmm. Anyways, they have origins from this side of Africa, actually, all the Western. Oh, people. you know what? I actually, yeah, I have started to learn that like there's much more. There are many more West African ethnic groups that have Nilotic origin. Yeah, I, I think which most I'm like what? Yeah, yeah, it totally makes sense. I think uh, most tribes come from East Africa. I mean, yeah. like originally humans yeah, like originally, yeah, definitely. come from East uh, East Africa, mm-hmm. specifically the Lake Nyarubari area. Yes, um, Nam Lolwe we say on this side. Okay, or well, I just oh, what do you say? Nam. Nam Nam is Lake. Nam is Lake. And Lolwe is its name. Lolwe. Lolwe. Okay, yeah. in Uganda it's Nyarubari. Nyarubari. Yeah. <laughs> Super nice. Yeah. Everybody has a beautiful name for it, actually. <laughs> yeah, as I long as it's not fucking Victoria, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else. Anything <laughs> else but that. I'm like, yeah, let's call it. <laughs> so, basically, I'm in Guinea-Conakry. Whole other climate, whole other environment, different food, different everything yeah. than to Senegal, which was amazing to see all of this different... Um, climates even just in the same similar area you know because like now senegal is a coastal place obviously they have the inlands but it's it's a coastal place now i went inland to guinea conakry which is like actually high altitude mountains mm. like very high tall mountains yeah. and now so like, it's a quick um extreme the, elevation like yes. from the coast to that yes it just goes straight up and mm. there's this place called futa jalon mm-hmm. is a very sacred place to the fulani people it's like a prosperous place where they always grew. Uh, they had like ancient growing techniques, mm-hmm. permaculture techniques from mm-hmm. a long time ago that they have there in Futajanon. So mm-hmm. 
it's like a breadbasket of the entire area. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with Kinikonakri is that they're probably the richest place I've been. There's mm-hmm. mines everywhere, all these kinds of pearls, mm-hmm. or whatever, gold, silver, all mines. Yeah. And they're one of the top, they're the top 10 poorest countries in the world. Mm. Yes. Poorest, as yeah. in their GDP economy. Yeah, or whatever, yeah. and like, who yeah. has measurements, yeah. So, obviously, like, <clears throat> the places with the most abundant amount of resources are given yeah. the title as third world countries mm. and poor. Mm. So, the people there had a very difficult mentality to, like, they just thought they were poor. Mm. And... That was the problem that I had in. I loved Guinea. I loved the environment. The people were so nice and calm, and mm-hmm. but they just had this poor poverty mentality, poverty consciousness. You think that that was like you? You mean at an individual level, or as in meaning like we and our country and our situation is poor? Uh, majority, or is it like person to person? Majority mm. of people. Uh, because obviously there is politicians and stuff with yeah. this huge four by fours like yeah. zooming past the villages all the time and yeah. they're from Guinea Conakry. Mm. Um and there's there's towns and cities, I think the capital of Guinea Conakry is Conakry. Okay. Uh so I'm obviously, always mixing up my Guineas. It's like one of my uh, yeah. <laughs> like as far as like Africa trivia goes, I just struggle, man. Because mm. there's that and there's Equatorial Guinea and then there's Guinea Bissau. Guinea Bissau is right? right next to Guinea. And I'm Conakry. just always like, wait, who's where? Who speaks what? <laughs> Ugh, I need to just <laughs> Guinea Bissau speaks Portuguese. And then which one who is which is the Spanish speaking one? I think that's Guinea. That's in South America. No, no, no. There's, oh, a, there's another there's one a, in Africa. There's an one. There's like the one and only Spanish-speaking African country. It's Guinea. I swear it's one of the countries. Okay, maybe it's equatorial then. Could be because I know that the, the Guinea Conakry is French. Mm-hmm. Then Guinea-Bissau is Portuguese, which mm-hmm. is very interesting. And then I, it must be that. Yeah, I think it is equatorial Guinea. So yeah, like the not like on a how do you say individual part, but more on like a entire like a collective collective kind of like. It's kind of sad because they're very beautiful people and very calm and yeah. like very simple people. Yeah. But like there's this just stupid mentality of like life overseas or and it has a lot to do with mm. television. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like when they see television and they see all these like airplanes and fast cars and high buildings yeah. and watches and suits and shit, mm-hmm. they all think like that's success. Mm-hmm. And like that's how people should be living and like yeah. why don't we have that okay. so education i think is what needs to happen more as in education on your cultural education and traditions that mm-hmm. your culture and tradition is far more valuable, uh, valuable than yeah. this babylon lifestyle that mm-hmm. everyone is portraying as yeah. success so, is that like, uh, would you say, this is the first time you've mentioned that, so would you say that's like where you saw that mm-hmm. kind of thing first, or like it was the loudest there? For it you? was the loudest there. Mm-hmm. I, I, obviously, I experienced it in my own country, in Morocco, I experienced yeah. it. But there was like very, yeah, very strong vibration of mm-hmm. that. And a lot of people I met with are just kind of like mm-hmm. this. And other places were like, no, we don't. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was. It was sad. Um. But I. I'm, I will definitely go back there. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing is going to stop me from. Yeah. Like those people were great people. You know, really mm-hmm. good people. And I kind of fit in with them a bit. Yeah. <laughs> people, yeah. 
So I, after that, I after Guinea Conakry, I continued on the journey, and I got to Ivory Coast. So okay. I uh, biked all the way into the Côte d'Ivoire. They call it Côte d'Ivoire. Mm -hmm. There is also obviously it's completely different vibe. Yeah. French got back to the French vibe again. Mm -hmm. Guinea Conakry wasn't so French vibe because I think they were. You know how like Tanzania is is kind of like yeah yeah free not not as not as deeply colonized. Yes, I think, not as, as deeply <laughs> colonized. Yes, for Kenya exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Kenya is really like British colonialism's like success story. Yeah, <gasps> and they're wow. still here doing the shit. You know, so yeah. Anyways, yeah, but that's anyway, off track a little bit. That's mm -hmm. the reason why I did come back from Tanzania because mm -hmm. I really was able to connect with Kenyans mm -hmm. more because of this like extremely open mind, mm. like deep conversation, okay, yeah. the open mind, the open heart, everything. It's like international here in Kenya, whereas in Tanzania, yeah. it's like Swahili. Yeah, it's still a bit more inward. Exactly, yeah. it's exactly. So like I'm very attracted to the Kenyan part. Mm -hmm. Anyways, back to the... So you, so you arrive in Cote d'Ivoire. I arrive so in you... Cote d'Ivoire. Um, Guinea Conakry is it? It's not north of Cote d'Ivoire. It, it? It's like northwest. Okay. Like up in the corner. Yeah. So you do get to experience a little bit of like northern Cote d'Ivoire. I I was only in northern. I didn't go to Abidjan. Mm, okay. I, uh, no, I was in Yamsukoro, mm -hmm. town in northern. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bunduku. It's a very small place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a very. It's on the border of Ghana and Ivory Coast. Okay. So I was in Ivory Coast. I'm like so excited. I'm so close to Ghana. And yeah. All of this. I'm like happy. So at this point, how? When did you leave? When did you start your trip? Like you're because oh, already yeah. two it's months been, just it's in been months. Cambia. It was months. So. And months have passed. It's probably it was probably been yeah. It four and a half months probably had passed since okay. I left Morocco. And when when is this? Like what year and month so, is it? Yeah, I was about to get into that because. This was during Corona now. Corona just started. What, as soon as I get to Ivory Coast, uh -huh. Corona starting. So this is like March-ish. Sure. 2019, uh, sometime, I really don't know. The, COVID, I, COVID I didn't popping know dates off. for a long time. Yeah, I remember <laughs> dates because I had just started a trip. So I just got to Jinja, Uganda. Mm. I have two normal weeks and yeah. then I stopped talking about this in the airport. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I gotta go back, you know. No, I didn't. Yeah. I was like, I'm just, I live here now. So I stayed for nine months. I'm sick. Wow, um, so dude. That's there, nice. So that was March is when everything was popping. March 2020 okay. is when things just flipped in days. Okay. So I guess that's so, when it yeah. was then. Because like, I was on biking for was, months. Everyone was, was maybe a little bit before, I think. earlier or later. But that yeah. for East Africa was definitely March 2020. Um, I think it was that time. Because 2019... 19 was still okay. It was all right. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe like December we started hearing about... China. Yeah, the yeah, virus in yeah, Wuhan. And yeah. people were like, oh, shame, sorry. Yeah. January. I didn't hear anything much. about it. I didn't February, hear... I think we started hearing a bit more in Europe. Okay. And then Africa. March is when we were like on the lookout. Yeah. Everybody started reporting case number one in the country. And what do we do? So much Babylon, <laughs> Babylon. And the funny thing... Okay, anyways... In the beginning, everyone was freaking out, yeah. you know, and they're like, oh, my God, another AIDS, another Ebola, another, because, mm. like, they've been doing their satanic shit to Africa for a long time, mm. like, planting their viruses here, yeah. doing their experiments on the people, so I'm getting into this on the mm -hmm. podcast, but that's, what, that's my life, yeah. doing their white people's shit to Africans, mm -hmm. like, just experiments and stuff, and... Um, 
when they heard about this, they, I don't think they were so bothered as much as other yeah. people around the world. <laughs> they're was, like, ah, uh, another one, you know, they're like, ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Into the pile. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we just went through AIDS, Ebola, <laughs> H1N1, whatever yeah. the fuck else you threw on us. So, like, this is just another one. Yeah. But things were shutting down in Ivory Coast. I didn't speak French that good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a place, I didn't know a single soul in Ivory Coast mm-hmm. at all while, and I was starting to get a little nervous mm-hmm. actually because, so I started, I got on a bus and I tried to get to Ghana as, as quick as I could. Mm-hmm. I stopped biking, I put all my stuff on a bus and I was like, let's go to Ghana. Mm-hmm. So apparently I was late. Dude. Like oh. I get to go, I get to the border I'm on my bike, sweating and shit. I yeah. pass through the Cote d'Ivoire border. <laughs> and like the this, promised land. Yeah, I'm like, yes, there. Ghana! I see it. <laughs> I know, I'm like, yes, Ghana, just take me in. I was so happy that day. I yeah. was so happy. <laughs> you don't get it. I was like, destination reach. Yeah. I get to Ghana. They're like, oh, okay, let's see. Do you have a visa? They're like, no. I'm like, no. And they're like, okay, well, normally we... Have to do your visa. I was like, okay. And then this chief comes in. He's like, who's this? Like, I'm just traveling by bicycle. He's like, do you have a visa? I was like, no. He's like, it's $150. And I was like, is that true? That doesn't sound. I was like, dude, I have like $300 left in my fucking in my wallet right now. Yeah. And now you're gonna take half of it. And then this whole Corona shit starting. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do in Ghana with? a hundred dollars yeah for i don't know how long this is gonna last yeah and i was like i don't have that type of money right now i could call somebody to like mm-hmm. and they're like no 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 sorry you have to go back what? and they sent me back they're like yeah normally we would even host you here at the border until you get the money but corona everyone was so afraid yeah, in the beginning so in the yeah. beginning everyone was so afraid at the time so yeah. traveling was very difficult definitely yeah so I get sent back from the Ghanaian border. Mm. <laughs> I really respect Ghana still, though, because yeah. they're very like strict and disciplined. I think as an African country, yeah, and very strong and prideful. But they were like, "Not this time, babe." Not this time. I know. I was like, "Fuck <laughs> Let me slide." But they were like, "Like normally it would be fine." But mm. like they're like, "No, not in Corona." And I was like, "Oh my god!" I go back. Yeah. to Ivory Coast, to this place, Bondugu, this small little town. I'm like yeah. in this little guest house. It's the only thing I could afford. Yeah. I'm like freaking out. I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a fast. So I started fasting. Okay. Because I had no idea what to do. Mm. I was like so like, a bit afraid at the time because yeah. like, things are shutting down. I'm yeah. in some place. I don't have money. I don't have work. I don't speak French. <sighs> well... Thank you so much for being here. That is it for part one of this episode. Check back in tomorrow and uh, find out what happens next in The Adventures of Zach. Part two will be up and we'll just pick up exactly where we dropped off. And the story continues even further than this instant, than this period, um, because Zach has continued to travel uh, around Africa and learn and experience even more of the continent and of life. So... Thank you for being here. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us at Gone to Africa Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. 
And um, you can subscribe, leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and share this with somebody who you think would find it interesting. Thanks again for being here. I'll chat to you very soon. Yeah.